offering financial advice. More frankly, I'm not qualified to do it. Uh, one thing seems very clear, and that is that cryptocurrency appears to be gaining more and more momentum. For example, El Salvador recently announced residents there can pay their taxes with Bitcoin. Silicon Valley titans, whether you like his politics or not, uh, CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, he's promoting it as the way of the future. So do you know what a blockchain is? What is blockchain technology? What are the differences between Bitcoin, Ethereum, and a bunch of other uh, cryptocurrencies? What is a Bitcoin wallet? What, what is an exchange? One thing I can say is that the phenomenon and interest is very real. Here to break it all down, MicroStrategy CEO Michael Saylor is with us. All right, from a distance, I have been following you. I have been studying you. My, I, I have spent hundreds of hours with two particular friends of mine. They broke me down. And I wish I knew more. I still can't explain the algorithm. I, I know what an algorithm is, but an algorithm that never has a final answer, I have a hard time understanding. Why don't you break this down simply for people like me that don't fully understand it? Okay. Well, let's start with the basic principle. People came to the United States for two things, property and freedom. And Bitcoin represents property and freedom to 8 billion people. <clears throat> Satoshi created a computer program that would run in a distributed fashion on computers all around the Earth. And that program creates 21 million virtual coins in cyberspace. The way it works is he created perfect digital gold on an open monetary network. And so that means if you wanted to save $1,000 and you wanted to have it beyond the reach of a company, a CEO, a government, a bank, and you wanted to have, have personal custody of it, you could have that with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a technical solution to give 8 billion people property rights. If I, I, can, I can own $100 in my hand as easily as I can own a billion dollars. And uh, we've never had that in the history of the human race. So what does it mean to El Salvador? Well, at El Salvador, you have a bunch of people that don't have a bank and they don't have assets and they don't have access to Wall Street. So when, uh, when their relatives remit money back to El Salvador, they lose 10% of their money through money transfer agents. Once they get the money, they lose 10 to 20% of its value a year because they're storing it in a currency, not in an asset. The exciting thing about Bitcoin is Bitcoin lets you save your money in an asset that goes up in value and it lets you move that asset at the speed of light all around the planet. And what the president of El Salvador realized is using the Bitcoin network, they could cut a billion dollars of cost in remittances every year to their people. They could put themselves on the world's first digital monetary network. And instead of their people losing 10 to 20% of their value a year and 10% when they move it, they're gonna actually make money and they're gonna be able to move that value around for free. Michael, let me ask you this. I mean, because you talk a lot about the history of sound money um, and, and other cryptocurrencies, but you really think it's Bitcoin. You think Bitcoin is the breakout for a reason. Why over, say, Ethereum or any other one? Bitcoin is the dominant crypto asset network. It's the oldest, it's the strongest, it's the most secure, and it was engineered to do one thing well, which is to keep track of 21 million virtual coins in cyberspace. 
the other cryptos are applications and application networks are focused upon functionality or performance Bitcoin is optimized for for durability, integrity, security. If I want to store a billion dollars for a thousand years, I don't want a lot of bells and whistles on it. I just want to know it's secure and nobody's going to change it. So uh, why Bitcoin? Because because Satoshi started with a model of gold and then he got rid of all the defects of gold. If you took gold and you said you can't mine anymore, you can't use it for jewelry, and nobody can rehypothecate it or short it, and you could take personal custody of it in your head, and no one can steal it from you, you would have a better gold. And so Bitcoin is designed to be that long-term store of value. And uh, of course, humans have been looking for a way to store their life force in a store of value for thousands and thousands of years. It's, it's kind of part of the human dream. What do you say to, to critics that, that worry that it will lose all of its value? Or what do you say, you know, clearly governments, um, some seem to be dead set against this. What do you say to them? Um, well, first of all, it's the most successful technology in our lifetimes. Uh, it's grown faster and more powerfully than Google or Facebook or Apple or Amazon. Uh, and it's, it's uh, a network and an asset that's uh, held by about 150 million people, and we're adding 2 million people a week. So other than the dollar and the euro, it's the most widely held monetary asset in the world. And, uh, and there's every indication that nation states are embracing it. Uh, Jerome Powell says it's a digital asset. Christina Lagarde says it's a digital asset. Uh, the head of the SEC taught a class on it. I think that people understand it, it's not a threat to the dollar, by the way. Uh, what's going to happen is the U.S. dollar is going to be the world reserve currency, and it's going to run on billions and billions of mobile devices, and the digital asset that underlines, underlies that currency is going to be Bitcoin. Wow. Um, I will tell you, I, I, my friends got me addicted. I'm, I'm a student. I'm learning. I'm still in the on the first chapter of sort of like uh, cryptocurrency for dummies, but I can't read enough of it. I love reading your stuff, and uh, we appreciate you sharing it with us. Thank you. The guy you see next to me is the secret Bitcoin billionaire. I found him. He is the one who turned a $5,000 investment into a billion dollars. He is the one who paid $70 million for a virtual piece of art. And I'm also the one who came from South India and started with nothing. For the first time ever, I want to tell you the story of Meta Coven. This guy from South India did not grow up with money. In fact, for most of his life, he could not afford to buy a laptop. He could only afford to buy a flash drive where he kept all his files. At the night, I used to borrow my friend's laptop when, when, when they're just going to sleep. And then I used to use my pen drive and, and learn how to code. And on the internet, he saw opportunity. So he learned how to code and how to build websites. Simple websites that do simple tasks. So I remember one of the websites I built on which uh, anyone could uh, hire a freelance for $10. Uh, but, you know, that didn't go very well. 
page. In total, he built 54 websites and 51 of them were complete failures. Until one day, he stumbled upon Bitcoin. He immediately was drawn to the idea and realized that this Bitcoin technology could be big, really big. It was a global idea and it had people who were passionate about it from all over the world. That really made me feel this is going to be really big. So he adopted Bitcoin, Ethereum, crypto, and blockchain, even when everybody said this was a fad. Anything that's new is initially rejected, right? Like they say, they laugh at first, in the same way Bitcoin was laughed at. But that's when I know that something might work. So when people laugh at something, I immediately, my brain goes, maybe we should try it, right? Eight years ago, Metacoven believed in Bitcoin so much that he put every little saving he had into it and invested all his time in building Bitcoin companies. So I invested all my time on Bitcoin and trying to build something on top of it and thereby learning more about it. Over the years, his bet took off and he went from being a broke software engineer to a billionaire crypto holder. But don't expect the lifestyle of a billionaire because in reality, nothing in his life has changed. He owns zero cars, zero houses, and zero stocks. 99.9% .9 of everything he owns is still in crypto. And that's how much I believe in it. This guy owns nothing in the real world, but he owns a lot in the virtual one because he believes everything is going virtual. Money is virtual, land is virtual, and art is virtual. Apparently, his jacket is also crypto. How exactly is this crypto? Actually, there are only 40 pieces of this in this world, and this, this, they call it the Genesis Edition, right? And this is attached to the blockchain. Um, there's an address here, right? So if you go on the blockchain and type this address, you'll see the uh, you'll see that that's an NFT, and you'll see that I own it through my address. And there's an RFID chip right here. <laughs> oh my God! To that. Yeah. What? Yeah. And how much is this jacket? I, I paid six hundred dollars. That's why last week he made headlines for buying digital art for $70 million from an artist in America. 69 million. I think it probably means digital artist here to stay. I'm going to Disney World. It's the most expensive virtual purchase ever. What went through your mind when you clicked buy? At the auction, my mind was, you know, like I had nothing in my mind. I was okay, I'm going for it, that's it. And uh, actually the, the, the funny part is, a lot of people think I was, I was nervous and stuff. I was not, I knew this was happening and I had to do it, so I did it. My fund, which is Metaverse, we're planning to build this monument in the Metaverse, which is, which is a virtual space. So we have land there and we are going to build a huge monument.
pixels out there so that people can enjoy the 440 million pixel art in a true form because it's a digitally native picture. For this guy, buying a $70 million piece of crypto art was not just an investment, it was an act of support. He wants to support creators, artists, singers, musicians, people from all around the world, from any race, any gender, any color. People around the world have prejudices, and that gets me really angry because you have to look at what people do and, and not how people look like or, or where they are from and make your conclusions. Time and again, whenever I've been rejected from something, like an investor or someone, they'd always tell me, I don't have pedigree. And I hate that because you never gave me a chance. Right? And if you look at what I do, maybe you will reconsider your decision. And I, I think it's the same for everyone in this world. If it wasn't obvious by now, this is not about money. This is about decentralization. Decentralization is the idea that value will not come only from the West. It'll come from the rest. The next Gucci will not come from Italy. It'll come from Jordan. The next bank will not come from New York, it'll come from Vietnam, and the next billionaire will not come from San Francisco, they will come from South India.